Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome, everybody, to The Psychologists Are In. I am Maggie Lawson. And I'm her podcast partner in crime, Timothy Albertson. And today, we're so excited. Well, first off, I think we're both kind of blown away that we're actually at the end of the season already. Yang 3, 2D, such a special episode, and the wrapping up of the Yin Yang trilogy, it like kind of breaks my heart a little bit. So I think we're just going to have to do a rewatch of the rewatch. Anyway, please enjoy. We had so much fun talking about this. Hi, Tim. Hi, Maggie. In listening to last week's episode, when we were talking with Brian and Andy about commercialing and commercial, there was uh, it was a, an audition story I was going to get to, which I didn't couldn't get in. I couldn't fit it in. Oh, if, just um, like Tim's about first, the commercial. No, about Tim's first uh, audition in Hollywood, his commercial audition. Why my career didn't go anywhere. Oh, Jeez. what was it? It has nothing to do with the show. But before we dive in, Maggie, uh-huh. are you ready to help me podcast the shit out of this very special episode? Always. But more importantly, Linus is. Well, that's really... I mean, you are one and the same. So when I say, when I address you, I'm kind of addressing Linus as well. Yeah. I love it. So we're talking about Yang 3 in 2D, which was written by all three. Andy Berman, who we just had, Steve Franks, and uh, James Rodriguez, who we also just had. We have to get we have to get Steve back. And this was directed by Mel Damsky. Season 5 finale of The Psychologist Run. Yeah. podcast. Yeah. I am dumbfounded. I'm completely as well. And I, I am so happy we have the tour this year. Cause I feel like, you know, we have, we're getting into the, a, we're getting like really deep into the episodes now. Like we're going to get into some of the most psychotic episodes and, and also it's all the like, sweet, delicious flavors coming. Sorry to interrupt you. Yeah. Yeah. And and what we are planning to do, just because these are some major episodes coming up, like I honestly would love to do a perspective of last night, Gus, that is like you, Kurt, Dulé, obviously, James, like everybody in that episode. <laughs> I want to do like their take. I know that we can only talk about the episode so much, but yeah, these episodes that we have and and fun we have coming up, uh, we're going to try to pick fun episode san francisco will land very nicely squarely on last night gus which will be one of my favorite episodes it's so good and, and also so fun to have for a live show so we'll say that for all the live shows we are going to you know we'll stay on track and we'll also make sure it's like one of the most delicious flavorful episodes that you know you're you're, you're you want to you want to hear about 
what you're talking about. That'd be the Psych Pod Tour 23, 24, right? Correct. That is Psych Pod Tour 24. And oh my God, two new cities just got announced. Yeah. What were they, Tim? Well, the new cities, we already knew about Atlanta and Indiana. Mm-hmm. The new ones are um, San Jose and mm-hmm. make sure I don't make this mess Columbus, up. Ohio. That's the one I was looking for. Columbus, yeah. Ohio. Which Joel's doing, right? We're so excited. Joel McHale's going to be there. Yeah. So Joel's going to be at that, that event. And we're going to try and get him to come. Hopefully, he'll come play with us on stage. Yeah. And if not, he'll come play with us in and around. It'll be It'll be great. But Tim, wait, did you want to tell your audition story really quick? Before we do that, I, uh, I'll come back to that because I have something. Maggie, it's fair to say, okay, we've known each other for 17 years. Yes? Yeah. It's fair to say you're one of my closest and dearest friends. You know all you know all my secrets where all the bodies are buried. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm glad you're sitting down because I have a confession to make. Here's something, Maggie. It's it's a little dark, but um, I feel I can trust you with this. I still get really confused about all the Yang episodes. Ah! <laughs> I don't know which. I don't know if it's Yin or Yang or who or what. You know what? I think for me, because I, and they're all magical, but for me personally, the first one is the is the speech at the drive-in of the best things, the richest things aren't supposed to come easily. And the second one is me and Abigail. And the third one is the is the badass fight. So from that's how I remember them because I'm selfish. What's the title of the first one? The first one is uh, an evening with Mr. Yang. Okay, between, evening with Mr. Yang, and then Mr. Yin presents his. Yes. Uh, yes. Yeah. Oh, I see. You get the titles mixed up. I, I do get the titles mixed up. I will say that. You know what? I'm kind of sad actually. I feel like we should have done one of the Yin Yangs at as as the live as a live pod. That would have been super fun. But. Last Night Gas will be great for San Francisco, but I'm just thinking of the other episodes in season six. Oh, wait. What was your commercial edition? Okay. So as we talked in uh, last week, we talked about commercialing, and I mentioned how I only booked one commercial and I was cut out of it. So because Brian Klugman, the great Brian Klugman, our dear guest from last week, and Andy Berman are such big in the commercial world. So I could never get in, break into that world. My very first audition, and this is a little insight. This has nothing to do with the episode, but a little insider insight to the life of a Timio is the actor. So I was trying, I mean, got out of theater school and had like, I was not commercial type at all. Longish hair, some beard of some sort. And back at the time, it was like early 90s. Commercials were all sort of, they were looking for um, James Marsteads and Calvin Klein models. Which as handsome as I am, yes, I admit, I was not quite in that category. So I had this commercial agent who decided, who agreed to side pocket me. Which, for those of you not in the business, it's basically, that's when you're dating that person. They just won't commit. Their toothbrush has been at your apartment for weeks. The holidays are coming up, but they still don't want you to meet their meet their parents. So, so that was what, so this agent side-pocketing me, this commercial agent. And she calls me and she's like, okay, I know you don't want to do, because I kind of looked funky enough that it might be a, a right niche for me. So she calls me and she's like, Okay, I've got an appointment for you. It's a na- and I was there was always you're chasing the big na- the white whale of the national commercial, right? Is, is the fable the job that's going you work one day and it's going to make you hundreds of thousands of dollars over the course of your life and buy you houses and boats. So she calls me. She's like, okay, I've got a commercial for you. I'm like, ah, oh, crap. She goes, no, it's a cook. It's a cook commercial. It'll be national, but they, there's a lot of dialogues and they specifically said they need great actors. So I was like, well, okay. 
I was since I'm fresh out of theater school, of course, I will do them the favor of appearing and learning and learning all their big dialogue for the commercial. So I get I go to the lossy and I walk up into the and I I never I this is my first audition, I didn't know what the hell was going on. And they they tape the um the storyboard on the wall and give you like a little bit of the story. So I'm looking for like looking for my script because I've got to learn of this dialogue. Because remember, there's a lot of dialogue. And on the wall is taped one piece of paper that says, You're driving through the desert, going to a concert, your car breaks down. You get under the you're under the hood trying to fix it. You see a car come in the background. You, you start hitchhiking. It's a limousine. The limousine passes you by. You get frustrated. You take your shirt off and throw the sh- throw your shirt at the limousine. So I'm like, oh my god. So imagine my hordes of stick armed Amundsen is not having to like, I was just mortified. So Aww. I do the thing. Oh, and there's and then of course, and then you drink a coke. And I'm doing all the dumb pantomiming of whatever, the lifting the hood and seeing the limousine. Take off my shirt, throw it, imaginary throw, throw it. No, I, I really took the shirt off, threw it at the camera. And it was just like, I think finally when I was, I was just like, just muttered something like, here you go. Ah. I was like, can I leave now? <laughs> just mortified. Mortifying. Stick Aww. on Dewey torsoed Amundsen. Aww. Now standing naked in front of a bunch, half naked in front of a bunch of strangers. Who just filmed me doing this dumb Panama? Sucks. You know what's so hard too with some of these auditions? You know they exist somewhere because occasionally it's like you know a new an audition will resurface of like somebody. I feel like like I remember thinking there was a time when this I forget what the audition was for. It was Chris Klein and he was like auditioning for something and the video started circulating and you know we're obviously with, with social media and everything now like you can just like post anything and then of course people say anything and it was like awful and i remember thinking like wait a second what is the confidentiality agreement between casting offices and actors i don't know that it exists because think of all i mean i have hundreds of auditions that are out there that are like okay hang on are you feel better right now because you're not making me feel but if anything you're making me feel worried no, don't feel worried. I just and for and in on your behalf, I I have this like protective like what the hell happens to these audition tapes? Anyway. Young actress either is where you're always nice to the casting assistants. Oh, for sure. Always. For sure. But also like how is that allowed? That's like a private, I don't know. Maybe they asked permission and somebody said it was okay or whatever. But okay, let's move on. Tim, I'm so sorry that happened to you. That's one of those like scars that just lives in your whole being this is, this for your whole life. A theatrical agent tell me I should lay off the beer because it's it <laughs> like, you son That's of awful. a... I'm you, so sorry. Yes, yeah, so it's like oh, I was feeling God. really, really, really good about myself. Ah, Tim. And they wonder why actors and actresses are uh, insecure, neurotic messes about themselves. Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. And looking at the uh, my notes here. Okay, here we go. I'm diving in. Episode 16, Yang Three and Two D, written by Andy Berman, Steve Franks, and James Roday Rodriguez, directed by Mel Damsky. That was fun. Mel directed the shit out of this. The... Pineapple siding. I didn't get it. Not in the slightest. Small pineapple in Henry's kitchen, and I've worked on the show. Uh, we worked on this show since 2006 and don't know where like the majority of the pineapples are. Okay. Cold open. It's 1990. This was a very, 
this was like a chilled cold open. It was so creepy. It's 1990. Young Sean rides his bike around the neighborhood, waving at the mailman, watching other kids play, and then notices a woman taking groceries from her car, who may or may not be Yang. Cut to Sean and Gus walking into the SBPD. We know it's Yang. Cut to Sean and Gus walking into the SBPD, bickering per usual. Chief Vic asks Sean and Gus, uh, sorry, tells Sean and Gus that a young woman named Allison Callie. I was going to say, the very first line of SBPD is the words Allison Callie, which, as you know, and I'm sure many of the listeners know James named for my darling real wife life, real wife, real life wife, Allison Cowley, as as just a sort of a gift to her and a um so good. It was just it was just a gift, a gift to Allison to um to name this character after her. And I one know. last week is to say Allison's Callie's a psycho or something like that. <laughs> it's so good. Oh, uh, we had fun. Allison Callie claimed to have just escaped after being kidnapped and held by the notorious serial killer, Mr. Yin. She won't speak to anyone but Sean and Gus. Allison claims that she's claimed she stole a picture on the way out, showing Sean a picture of himself as a child posing next to Yang. So yes. are we in interrogation right now? Yes, we are now. Okay, so you're watching her her in, in uh, Jama's yeah. speaker. And I love how, like this, you're so. I'm going to start off the episode by saying how great you are in this episode with all the emotional work and Aww. seeing O'Hara have the the PTSD from her last experience with at the clock tower. And just you don't do much. It's, your work is really subtle in this. It's beautifully subtle. I'm not saying that like, and it's never, never been that way before. I think you're really great in this too. I in think fact, you're, I, I think say, you're really at first, I think you're really great. I feel like there's a groundedness to this episode while it's funny and the usual psych funny. There's like a real, uh, like, well, we'll get to the scene that I'm, I'm thinking of. There's a scene with, um, with Yang that I'm like, we all got, we all got real, real in this. Okay. I'll tell you what, this episode is so grounded because you're so grounded. You are the grounding force in this episode. Oh, state is is not i guess it's listen to me i know what i'm talking about i'm your, I'm your, I'm your co-host partner hey, thank you and i'm your dear friend you, this episode is grounded because your work is so grounded and your the emotional waves you play in this is just beautiful thank you tim i really appreciate it. the third episode i think in a row o'hara gives us the gift of pepto drink pepto drink it's there it's drink, there drink. You're in that blush palace, that blush shirt again. I think it's the third episode in a row. We're in that. You're in that Pepto drink. Yeah. Uh, I also want to tell the psychos who are listening because everyone's probably like, "Wait, there are so many great guests we could have gotten. We actually did try. Uh, Mina is working right now. She's very busy, and but we did try to get uh, Mina for this episode. So we'll try to get her back maybe another time. But um, anyway, just so you know, we were aware this was a big one, um, and uh, you know, we're also happy to just. Shoot the shit as Taggy and and Taggy. Seems like first time we've done that. All right. So with the cops on board, Allison takes everyone back to where she claims she was held, only to find the house occupied by an innocent family. Sean still believes her, though. After Allison blindfolds herself and describes the home perfectly, Sean decides to keep her at Henry's house while they investigate further. Back at the station, they determine that picture to be real, but the background is fake and it could have been taken anywhere. Yes, Tim. There's a great Psychic premonition in the scene where in the scene in the wrong house. I got it. I got it. I got uh, it. Going through, she's describing the room and um, mentions the stained glass tulips and um, and James 
makes a Christy Swanson reference. Yes, he does. As y'all know, becomes last year's betrothed. It's uh that was so funny. That was one of the ones I caught too. I was like, oh wow, we did that. We said that. Didn't catch the pineapple, but I caught my my future wife's name. In yeah. That yeah. So back at the same. I could never catch the pineapple. Back at Henry's house while Allison is asleep upstairs in Sean's childhood bedroom, Henry hears a noise outside and goes to investigate. I have to give Corbin, I have to give Papa Bear Burnson a lot of love for this episode because he is really good in it. And I actually, in rewatching it, I was like, damn, we should have gotten him because he, like what he does with Allison and all of his shifts, they're so subtle between just talking to her to like the, the, when he has to jump into like detective mode. Anyway, we'll get to all that. Anyway, Corbin, huge shout out to you. You were very and, good in this. And we get Sybil back. The great and Sybil. Sybil. I know. I'm leaning like this because Linus is laying on my lap and I don't want to move him. And he's, his head is on the headphone cord. So I'm going to lay like this, the things we do for our pets. <laughs> anyway, so back in Henry's house, okay, he's sleeping. Here's a noise outside. He goes to investigate. When he finds nothing, this was so chilling. He rushes upstairs to check on Allison, but he finds Yin Yang sing, uh, symbol cut out of the bed sheets instead. This was a really cool Yin Yang reveal. And also Corbin with the gun, which we haven't seen in, in a while. Almost ever. God, he's so good in this. I, I really have to like, rewatching, I was like, oh, damn, Corbin's good. I mean, we know this anyway, but like, given this kind of material, like he was great. We all need to feel chill, calm down, take it easy. And that is where Mood THC comes in. Mood is known for their federally legal THC, and now they're adding their most potent product yet to their lineup. Introducing hemp-based THCA flower, the future of legal THC. Try it along with all of Mood's other amazing offerings like Delta 8 flower, gummies, vape cartridges, and more. And for a limited time, Mood is giving our listeners a free THCA pre-roll and 20% off your first order. Just visit hellomood.com and use our code PINEAPPLE. Introducing THCA flower, Mood's latest breakthrough in the world of legal cannabis. Since THCA converts into THC when you heat it, you get access to the classic marijuana high. And Mood has 10 high-inducing strains, the most potent they have ever offered. These are THC products that you can trust. Mood puts an end to guessing games with federally legal forms of THC extracted from hemp plants. All of their products are regularly third-party tested in drug enforcement agency registered labs. Plus, they're sourced from small family farms and grown organically. There is something for every mood. Tested and tailored by in-house experts. Different strains for specific moods from euphoric to energized, creative to chill. And plenty of versatile products that go with whatever mood you're going for. Because I'm not like a huge, I guess I should say like a THC user or whatever, I did try a little of the the microdosy one. And it was very, very mild. I like I almost didn't feel, which is what I wanted. I, I almost didn't feel anything, but I did feel a little, I did feel a little nice. And honestly, for me, that was like, it was kind of a little break in the anxiety of the day. And I really loved that. And I actually really needed it. It was nice. So I'm a fan. There's so many different ways to enjoy. However you like to take THC, Mood has you covered. Great for both beginner and veteran users. Great tasting gummies, classic flour, convenient pre-rolls, and so much more. Try Mood's new THCA flour today. And for 20% off your first order and a free THCA pre-roll, go to hellomood.com and use promo code PINEAPPLE. That is hellomood, M-O-O-D.com, 
code pineapple for 20% off your order and a free THCA pre-roll. Okay, so with Allison gone again and the clock ticking, Sean turns to Yang for assistance in finding her partner, Yin. She agrees to help, but says she needs out of the psychiatric prison to do it. She wants to be taken to the crime scene, so they head back to Henry's, who's been trying to figure out where the picture was taken and even called Madeline for help. This was the scene that I thought James was, like, with all, like, he's got his, like, rapport, and, like, I feel like he and, and Yang have a ton of chemistry together. They always have. I feel like this scene when she's trying to pull her usual stuff and he's trying to keep her on track. Like I thought he was so good again, super subtle when she's in the dress with the the makeup in the uh, sort of the rec room of the mental ward. Yeah. That scene is so good and it's so subtle. Like the stuff that we're doing in these is so subtle. (laughs) Sorry, buddy. (laughs) (laughs) Fun with animals. He's beautiful. Oh. oh my God. So I feel like, yeah, they always have a lot going on, but I, I just felt like this scene in particular, the subtle work everybody's doing because it is not like, this isn't the silly. There is the silly in some of the scenes, but like something about this episode was just, it was like, we turned it up a notch in the, I don't even want to say drama department. It was just like a very strong, grounded feeling. I felt like everybody had. So and another example of just how great an artist Ali Sheedy is to to thread that needle of the absolute goofy silliness that she does with Yang, and then the very real, creepy emotional beats are just she's so damn good, and we're so lucky she's we got her on the show. Damn good. She's so damn good. That's what I was like. I was like, this is a study. This whole episode is like a study. Anyway, okay. So she agrees to help, but says she needs out. Got it. Yang is thrilled to be in Sean's old bedroom and tells him not to look for something Yin left behind this time, but to look for something he took. When this lead turns out to be a dead end, Yang warns his thinking is too remedial. Sean then realizes the teacher they are looking for is so I, out. I to give, need to give an insider insight. Yeah. And the uh, the amazing James Rodé Rodriguez. There's a line in this where, where he realizes, I think it's, Meat is murdered by the Smiths is gone, and he starts listing yeah. off the um the track, all yeah. different, which is one of the s- superpowers that James Roday has. It is he can tell you th- all the tracks from various albums, just like he can tell you the entire cast of most horror films and most films from the eighties. Definitely John Hughes. What else? Horror films? Yes, for sure. Anyway, that was a fun. That was a fun thing to play. Okay. So they all race down to the college to discover there has been a substitute in the class for days. They ask the dean for information about the missing professor, but everything on his CV turns out to be false. The real thing, the only real thing on there is a P.O. box where they find a VHS. Oh, where they find VHS tapes about yin and yang that Mary used as a video diary. <laughs> so well, good. The great reference to seven is, is fantastic. Yes, that's so good. This is what I'm talking about. Okay. In them, Mary hypothesizes that Yang might be a victim of Yin and that Yin is angry with Yang for being apprehended and jealous of her newfound infamy. Meanwhile... Didn't, sorry, didn't they shoot these in like Jimmy... I think those guys were roommates at one time. I think they shot this like oh, yeah. back in Jimmy's house. Yeah. No, they shot it in Jimmy's house. They shot it actually in Jimmy's house with really? yeah, Jimmy's where he lived. Oh my God, this is absolutely hysterical right now. Hold on one second. <laughs> I don't know what has happened. This is all y'all. This is why you need to get the Patreon. So you get the video of, of Maggie rustling with uh, Linus and uh, many cords in her earbuds right now. It's 
Adorbs. Adorbs. Okay. So they shot it in the attic and this like upstairs of Jimmy, when Jimmy and Melanie were married in their old house in Silver Lake. They had a good time with that one. Okay. Meanwhile, Henry and Madeline have tracked down their own copy of the picture and Madeline remembers it uh, to be taken in front of the neighbor's house. Henry tells Sean, who rushes to the house with Gus to save Allison. Sean and Gus find a note in the mailbox instructing them to go inside to save Allison, but when they do so, the door shuts behind them, locking them inside. Meanwhile, Sean and Gus have found Allison only to discover she is Yen's new apprentice. She oh. takes them at, I know, this is so good. She takes them at gunpoint to an upstairs room where Yen is sitting with his back turned to them. Allison ties Sean and Gus to their chairs and then much to her chagrin, uh, Yen asks her to exit the room. He then stands up, turns around and finally revealing himself as a previously unseen character. How good, by the way. Is he? Um, of course, he being Peter Weller, everyone. Oh, Peter Weller. Yes, of course. Um, like the people that showed up to do Psych, the people that agreed to do it and then showed up and like, like came to play. We got so lucky with so many people. And this episode is so strong with that. Um, not, Weller's not somebody you necessarily think of for comedy. What? No, definitely not. He's, and he's great. There's an, there's a line we've talked about, um, as he's got the boys in the chairs, he's mentioning Renaissance history. I, if I, I don't know if you were there, but Rami, um, he, Peter at the time was either getting his doctorate or his master's degree in something having to do with Renaissance art, right? That's right. That's absolutely right. I really make that up. No, good memory. There was something like that going on at a hundred percent. Wow. That's so cool. Good memory, by the way. Oh God, he, I just loved all these scenes. Um, he states that he states that even he shudders to think of what Allison will be capable of in the future and then expresses his annoyance with Yang for her lack of passion for murder. He then begins filling a syringe that he's going to kill them with, prompting Gus to inquire as to what he is putting in the syringe. Oh, this was hilarious, by the way. His like his so much backstory to unpack in this episode. Uh, I, so I couldn't keep up. Yeah. <laughs> he then uh Outside, Henry is anxious to get inside the house where, uh, uh, while they wait for a battering ram. Chief Vic is hesitant to allow Juliet and Yang inside the house by themselves, but ultimately agrees, and that is the only way that Yang will agree to lead Juliet through a hidden storm cellar and into the house. I Carlton, remember, yeah. I remember that very, very, very real rainstorm we were, we were working. Can I tell you, as I was watching it, I was like, this feels like it was yesterday. I remember... I like literally, I remember the rain falling. I remember the driving away at the end so well. I remember rehearsing that fight scene with Mel and with Mina. You mean, you mean the greatest fight scene of most television? That inspired the first movie? No, I like to think it did. But so Carlton, and this is what I also wanted to say. Carlton is concerned for his partner, but sees that she's determined to get inside the house, even if it means going in without backup. The understanding that I feel like Juliet and Lassiter have between each other in this episode, like he gets it. And you know what's so great about you is like, as an actor, is like, <laughs> you're with everybody, you determine you, it, there is a, a nuanced and yet really unique. Uh, and very specific, like individual, as we do as human beings, uh, response to people in different levels of vulnerability. And you are vulnerable with me, but you're vulnerable with me in a way that's like, uh, in respect and, and being equal 
and like you hear me and you see me. You don't have to say it. You don't have to get, you know, we don't have to like tell each other how like we do on this podcast, how great we look and all that stuff. Like it is just such a mutual respect and understanding. Um, And I feel like for Lassiter at this point that for him to understand what Juliet has been through, even if he doesn't, he understands she's been through something and that it's triggering and that he's got to let her have this. Like, and the way you play all of it is it's again, I go back to like the subtlety in this episode. It's like so strong and so subtle. Well, I love it. So it's along those lines. I got ended up as watching it and watching what O'Hare was, what you were going through, like the line between, Who's my friend Maggie and who's Lasser's mm. and O'Hara? It just got really uh, fuzzy, and I found myself getting really emotional watching a lot of the rest of this episode. I like when we cross over a little bit. I, I I felt it in this episode too. I like I can even tell my voice in a couple of scenes just talking about the subject matter is it were all it reminded me a little bit of Odyssey. And like when I'm like Carlton, like my voice goes a little higher and a little softer when I'm like really pleading with you or like you know, you're not Lassiter. You're, well, you're always kind of Carlton's. But anyway, I could talk about that all day, but um, I Which wanted to make sure I pointed that out. There is, well, thank you very much. That's kind of you to say. And and I love you. And Lassiter loves O'Hara so much. And so this, yeah. um, it's, and that just that, it just, you see it. You really see yeah. what, like you hit, the, you hit it on the head there. <laughs> his respect for her and his, his concern and his care for her. Yeah. And his respect. And seeing her, I mean, they went through that together. What we just went through in an evening, uh, when in Mr. Yin presents, that was a clock tower. Like it was, yeah, I, w- I was trapped. I was strapped up there, but you were the one, like it was something they went through together. And I just felt like this episode brought back that connection, like so well. I thought it was so good. Yeah, I agree. Even in the previously on, when there was that one clip of, of O'Hara strapped and strapped to the chair and looking down. It just it immediately brought me back to yeah what what those characters went through together. They've been there, yeah. That string is through this entire episode between the two of them. Yeah, it is. Okay, once inside, Yang unexpectedly charges at Juliet and breaks a light bulb as she runs from the basement into the rest of the house. Juliet quickly gets up and follows her. Back upstairs, Yin describes the concoction. It's good. This is good. That he has filled the syringe with, which he calls the last kiss. He <sighs> explains that the I know, buddy, I know, I know. The entire contents of the syringe are intended for Gus. To which Sean responds by expressing his inability to watch Gus die and asks that Yin kill him first. Gus, in turn, states that he can't watch Sean die. Oh, this was such a sweet moment. Yes, There's a lot of lots of partner love in this episode. Yeah, there really is. Um, now, on the first floor, Juliet is searching the house and comes across Allison, who looks scared and is holding up a shotgun, claiming that she just woke up. Juliet soon figures out that Allison is lying, leading to a violent fight. The best fight ever. This was so much fun to choreograph. And I'm going to tell a quick story and we can decide if we want to leave it in or not. You're so hugely badass in this episode. I wasn't supposed to cock the shotgun at the end of what? Yeah. So I don't know. This is just fun fact. But but I love it because it became became such a psychotic moment in the first. I am such a jerk that I, James came to me and said they were training Mina to do it. Cause in the scene, she had to do it at some point. I don't think it was like that end beat. I had her in some other way, but, uh, and he said, she is uncomfortable. Would you want to do it? Would you want that to be the end of the fight to which, what did I say to him? 
Hells yes. Watch so, this. I was, and I literally, I, I got very like, it wasn't competitive, but it was more like, I get to have, I get to have that moment. I don't know. I could almost like see it. So that's a little fun fact, but yeah, that was what I remember James saying. I think it honestly, I think it was something with guns that too, she was just like a little uncomfortable about it all together. And I was like, I I'll, I'll do it. Okay. Which, which took me back to, uh, I know I've told this before our very first gun training where someone got a, a certain speeding ticket. I got and, the speeding uh, ticket. And also I shot a shotgun. It wasn't just a shotgun. You were, you were firing a sawed off shotgun. A sawed off shotgun. Correct. Uh, Juliet soon figures out that Allison is lying, leading to a violent fight just when it appears that Allison has reached the shotgun. Juliet manages to push her into a glass table. In another part of the house, Sean and Gus appear to be attempting to stall Yin by asking him to explain his backstory. But wasn't Yang- just, you didn't just push her into it. I got to correct this. You flipped her onto a glass table. I mean, I, I flipped her onto my, my stunt double. Flipped her onto a glass table. On, Actually, I did a lot of that fight. WWE, honestly, you did. You WWE yeah. on that glass. Yeah. Most of you have probably heard me sing the praises of pros, and they're truly custom made to order hair care. Switching to a custom routine from pros was one of the best things I've ever done for my hair, and the results I'm seeing just keep getting better. Honestly, I feel like my hair has kind of transformed with pros. It's such a tailored experience and they send you these really cute little bottles. I know you all know I'm a sucker for cute packaging and they send this like really beautiful bottles and everything is tailored to your exact hair type. And I love the way they smell too. Pros knows there is more to you than just your hair type. Pros has given over 1 million consultations with their in-depth hair quiz, which is how I got started. I loved this. The quiz was so intense, but then I realized why. It's just because they really personalized the whole experience to your hair down to like your zip code, your eating habits, you know, your exercise, all of that. By analyzing over 85 personal factors, Pros handpicks clean, sustainably sourced ingredients to get you closer to your hair goals with every wash. My favorite feature is Pros' review and refine tool, which lets me tweak my formulas for any reason. If I say like change up my address, my hair color, or even my diet. As a carbon neutral certified B Corp, Pros is an industry leader in clean and responsible beauty. All of their ingredients are sustainably sourced and cruelty free. They're also the first custom beauty brand to go carbon neutral. So if you're not 100% positive Pros is the best hair care you've ever had, they will take the products back, no questions asked. I love that. I feel like it's so confident. Like, why wouldn't I try that at least once? Anyway, custom made to order hair care from Pros has your name all over it. Take your free in-depth hair consultation and get 50% off your first subscription order today, plus 15% off and free shipping every subscription order after that. Go to pros.com slash pineapple. That is pros.com slash pineapple for your free in-depth hair consultation and 50% off your first subscription order. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. I don't know about you all, but I'm trying to, while also have, I guess, some intentions set for 2024, I'm also like, have a couple of things that are cruising along really nicely that I kind of don't want to change too much. One thing is I don't want to overwhelm myself. I'm trying to work really hard on like organizing and knowing what I need to do and then doing that versus like completely overwhelming myself too much. So around New Year's, we get obsessed with how to change ourselves instead of spanning on what we're already doing right. Maybe you finally organize one part of your space and you want to tackle another. 
Or maybe you're taking your supplements every morning and now you want to actually eat breakfast too. Therapy helps you find your strengths so you can ditch the extreme resolutions and make changes that really stick. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. And it isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. Therapy helps us with even the so-called little things in life. It really does. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a questionnaire, get matched with a licensed therapist, and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. It is so easy to use, and it's tailored all around making you feel safe, which I feel like is the only way a person can get what they need out of therapy. So celebrate the progress you've already made. I also love this idea. Rather than beating ourselves up for like all that we did wrong during the holidays or resolutions that got broken or any of that, I think it's really good to celebrate even the smallest victories. Visit betterhelp.com slash pineapple today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash pineapple. Okay, it turns out that Yin has been forcing Yang to kill Oh, with him all these years until she finally couldn't take it anymore and let Sean catch her. She had always longed for the perfect childhood she saw Sean enjoying as a child, but Yen insists it was far from ideal as the Spencer's marriage was falling apart and Henry ignored Sean for work. He tells her he was always there for her and pulls her into a fatherly embrace she always wanted, but she knows he'll never change. So she plunges the poisonous syringe into his chest, killing him just as Juliet arrests Allison and the SWAT team arrives. It's also revealed that Yang never even killed anyone before, but then, uh, Yeah. That alley turn of the whole daddy can I come home thing is so great. She's so wonderful at it. And there's yeah. a moment after your after your epic freaking fight scene, there's a moment where uh, there's just one shot of you where you're obviously hurt to shovel and you're all uh, scarred up and bloody. But there's a specific way the blood is on your own forehead. It's an exact match of a photo you sent me during the first during the first film. It is. And it I was is. seeing the shot going, and I got very confused. Like, wait, when did this happen? Oh yeah. You sent me that picture. I was recovering from that thing they have in my head. Yeah. What thing? Oh, this thing was in all the papers, Maggie. Ah, <laughs> uh, so good. Okay. It's also revealed that Yang never even killed anyone before and then poses with Sean for another photo, right? Back at the SBPD, Lasseter talks with McNabb. A great scene. And he says, thank you, after McNabb compares him to a robot. <laughs> it's true. And then... Lasseter has a very real moment on the stairs by himself. Uh, we can. This is this be is one of my. So this where as I'm eavesdropping because of course it's the one way glass, so y'all can't see me watching the interrogation room and your conversation. And um, this really watching is where I got a little emotional of the seeing the of the uh, just the um, vulnerability of, of how upset O'Hara was and just that I was relishing the beat of getting to the reveal when uh, after we see that Lasseter has witnessed them smooch. And I noticed, but there's also a beat before then I'm talking about with you where you're on the stairs and you shake it. You have to like shake off where you like almost shake off the day. Like you all have this moment and then you like, you shake it all off a little bit and you have, you have, it's like a, like Lassiter's cracking a little and he's got, he's got a process only to be hit in the head with this new piece of information. It's funny to bring up that moment of me shaking my, because I watched and I, I remember going, what was it? What was that? I didn't remember what I was doing there. So thank you for just explaining my own performance to me. Oh yeah. I just thought I took it as like Lassiter has like, he is kind of like, he can pick up, he can move on. He can be emotionless around this stuff, but this one got him. The yin yang is now all wrapped up and it's just a moment where he like, like shakes himself kind of in reality, like back out of his 
what should I say, disassociation into like, like what, what the F just happened. You Um, just explained that beat to me. Thank you. That's how I read it. And I thought it was brilliant, Tim. Anyway. And that's exactly what I was trying to do. Yes. So then in the interrogation room, Sean and Juliet share a kiss as Lasseter walks in to retrieve a notebook he had left there, shocking him immensely. Great end to a, to a, to an episode. Okay. What is your favorite moment from the entire yin yang trilogy? I think we're, I think ours, I think ours is pretty clear. Like, I think for me, it's, it's that it's, it's the Lasseter Juliet clock tower moment. And then I have a couple of runners up. Hands down for me. That's it. A runner ups. Hands down. I have a sub one though. Yeah. It's in the first one in the, in the theater in the, in the lobby, of the snack tower where you and you, between you and Sean. And like I said, the, the speech you talked about. Yeah. I love that. I have to say, I love the stuff with in the psych ward, not this one, but in Mr. Yen with Allie. Like, I think there's just stuff we did in these three that was really, it was dangerous because it could so easily have felt or been done in a way that didn't feel like psych. We we, wanted to make it. I got to remember also she was in the musical. So Yang was part of the musical. So it all, they all blend in. Yeah. And also I just feel yeah, these we I mean obviously the the musical and on it look, we might when we do the rewatch of the rewatch, we might go back and rewatch some of these because I just feel like there is so much to talk about in these episodes. And I think about rewatch of the rewatch. I just feel like there's sometimes I'm just really strong. Anyway, this was one of those days. I'm also really tired. So I feel like when I'm really tired, I get really like like thoughtful and philosophical and over analytical. And I'm like, I watched this episode today and I was just like, God, we like got to do, we were so lucky. How did all of these things all happen in the same series? How did Absolutely. we get to make last night Gus and Mr. and, and Yang and 2D? Uh, how do all of those fit together? Anyway, you're about to get rambunctious. I know. So let's, um, here, I'll go on too. But like, anyway, for some reason, this episode was the one that really hit me. Like, God, we, we, we got it right. We, any tone we needed to hit, we hit it. And I know I'm like tooting our show's own horn and, and it has so, I would say I'm just like the piece of it, but like the, from the writers to, to James and Dulé and like the everything, it's just so good. Anyway, come here, sir. I don't want you going about there. Stay Maggie Lawson. Come here, bud. I know what you're about to do. I am so sorry, you all. He is, uh, I've been running around all day, so he's a little mad at me, and he also has to pee, I think. So, did Allison approve of her name being used as an insane oh, character for an I insane t- character? I mentioned, as I was, I was watching the episode this morning, she walked past, and I said, hey, honey, we're doing the Allison Kyle episode, and she, and she looked to stop and went, oh, I love that so much. Oh, so, yeah, she, she was. She's still flattered and, and tickled by it. She's she's very okay being a of psycho, uh, like a real psycho, not a psycho, not a fan the, of psycho. Um, in the movie where uh, Mina, Mina comes back, there's a shot. I because I, I get all the movies confused as well. There's a shot of her and it says Allison Callie, psycho, and I I took a screen cap of it. <laughs> That's so good. I love that. Um, what's the better Juliet moment? Oh, this is funny. The clock tower scene or the shotgun moment? 
Well, they're so different because that's what I was going to say. I had runners up to all the yin and yangs. And I would say my runners up for me personally were the shotgun moment um, because that is just, I got to like let out a growl with that, that I feel like I just as Maggie as an actress and then also even on Sykes, like I didn't really get to do that that often. And so for me, that was really fun. Nothing will top the clock tower, but of the two, so of the two, it's the clock tower just because it just, just because nothing that, that was everything. Um, we didn't, we didn't get to see, we could see cranky O'Hara every now and then obviously mad at Sean O'Hara, but we never get to see aggressive, angry O'Hara, uh-huh. mm-hmm. let alone violent O'Hara. So exactly. Um, exactly. And so that's why just to see you sell that kill in that fight scene, almost, I mean, you know what I mean? Was just a, it's a feast for the eyes and it was just a delight. Cause you're, so, you're, and that's not easy stuff. I mean, that's big time choreography. Uh, it was nuts. It was actually nuts. And I'll say that it says, so how fun was it? These two go kind of go together. How fun was it to film the fight scene with Allison? And was there training for it? This was one of my most fun days at work ever. So there's that. That's how fun it was. Um, and yes, there was training. It was completely God. Our, our stunt doubles, um, Laura Lee, I think did mine that day. And I forget who was. She may have actually done both. There were two, but I think Laura Lee was usually my main person and she was fantastic. And we choreographed it as these things have to be because you're being physical, whatever, just like, like, just like the movie. We, it, it was rehearsed, choreographed. Uh, we rehearsed it a little before, but then when we got into the actual, God, I remember this so well now we were running out of time. And so there were scenes being shot upstairs and we had to be quiet in the space downstairs so that we could be like when they said, we're going to roll, we're we're moving downstairs to do the thing. We had to be ready to go. And Mel is a genius because he was like, I remember him being so vocal and on it. I felt like he was almost and Marco, like everybody, everybody who was at like, uh, and banting. Yeah. Like everybody, because this was all handheld. That whole thing was handheld. And so he, uh, and that's Marco. Marco was killing it. And Mel was like right there. It felt like we were shooting, you know, it's like what this is what like an action movie would feel like. Like it was like everybody was in each other's faces. We had to be careful because the camera was right here. So when we're like, you know, throwing a punch or like, uh, she was pushing me up against something because you, you control it as much as you can. But when you're in that moment, like shit happens. So you're like, you know, and they, they, everybody was just amazing. That was it, honestly, it was such a fun day, uh, of work, but it was also like a study in like the, the camera department just said so much. This episode, I think said so much about our whole crew and everything, everybody, these yin yang episodes were so intense. And anyway, those are all of our questions. Tim, that's our episode. Favorite yang moment, hands down, probably almost my favorite scene of the entire series is obviously clock tower. Right. To only be compared to Odyssey, which by the way, when we get to Odyssey, there's going to be, there's no, I'm going to be able to get through that episode without just weaving throughout. We're going to have a full moment. And then we're also going to have Kirsten have her full moment because holy hell. And that will be so fun when we get there, but we're not there yet. And also we're going to rewatch the rewatch at some point. So we're going to, we'll be, we'll be rewatching some of the rewatch, maybe all of the rewatch. I don't know. Tim and I are figuring out just all the places this can go. 
Love it. Speaking of uh, places going, we'll see y'all in San Francisco on. See you in San Francisco soon. Atlanta after that. Richmond, Indianapolis. Richmond, Indianapolis. What else? San Jose, Columbus. Yeah. So we're we're thrilled. We are. And we can't wait to see you. Cusp of announcing two other two other cities. Possibly announcing two or three. Yeah, <laughs> actually, I think I think uh, we can actually get cleared to announce two early next week. Well, yeah. it'll be very soon. Two more, and maybe hopefully three. All right, psychos, we love you, Tim. This was such a fun. There's something about this episode that I just feel like I remember. This is when the memories start to get crystal clear. Like when you said the rain, so I remember the rain. I remember that porch. I remember doing that scene where I'm like, Allison's crazy. And then he's like, no, she's not. And we're sitting on this porch. And I was like, I remember that day. Like, I remember everything about it. I remember. And I'm, it's just so good. I remember that dress that Allie was wearing when I took her into the, put her in the quad car, squad car. Yeah. That's such a moment. Oh, it's so what, good. What an episode to end this season on. But really, like, I mean, again, it's like, we're so lucky. That's all I keep thinking is just like, we're so freaking lucky. And what we got to do on the say, show. Um, another beautiful thank you. Thank you to our beautiful and wonderful listeners for joining us on this season, which was challenging because of the strike, obviously. Hey, remember yeah. the strike? And our pivot, Maggie, I could not have imagined anybody else to do this a season like this with. No, it was so good. I'm not going to cry yet. No crying. No crying, crying in podcasts. No, I'm kidding. We can cry all we want. What are we talking about? It's our party. We can cry and if we, we want do. to. <laughs> and we do. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of The Psychologists Are In. Can't believe we're going into season six. This time is just flying. Cannot wait to see you in all the cities. Please follow us on our Instagram at The Psychologists Are In, our Twitter at Psychologist Pod, and our Patreon, patreon.com slash psychologists are in. Thank you all so much. And we will, I guess, see you in season six. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device, or play on PC through Facebook games.